an Ilaska Susie Diamond, Agus Tommy Rickenthal, Agus Anita Elia Dietzen, a Wariok, Sin Ilaska. A Guinea Cohn. I welcome this opportunity to be present with you all here today as we mark National Holocaust Memorial Day. And may I thank Professor Thomas O'Dowd, Chairperson of Holocaust Education Ireland, for the invitation and congratulate them on their work. And may I take the opportunity again to offer every good wish to Chief Rabbi Yoni Vida on his recent installation as Chief Rabbi of Ireland. We are also honored yet again on this Holocaust Memorial Day 2024 to have Holocaust survivors, Susie Diamond and Tommy Reckenthal with us and representatives, relatives, of those who were victims. For the personal recollections of survivors of the Holocaust, deeply painful as they are and must be for those who make them, are so important, are such a constituent part of a powerful giving of witness, an invaluable authenticity as context to any words any of us may use reminding us, as they do, of the millions of individual lives which together make up the collective experience of the Shoah. Families murdered, families torn from each other, deaths suffered, sometimes witnessed, and so many others in solitary conditions. Ensuring that we recall this period ethically with the fullest context, nothing hidden from before or after, that all the victims are remembered is of the utmost importance. Today is an opportunity we must take to continue the painful task of breaking the many silences that still exist in relation to the Holocaust, however painful as that may be. As Holocaust survivor and Nobel laureate, Elie Wiesel stated in his Nobel Prize acceptance speech in 1986, I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. So today is a day in which we reflect on that monument to hatred that the Holocaust constitutes. We are challenged to engage with the moral challenge of asking what it teaches us, what it has taught us not to shirk the task of recognizing how hatred of the other is generated, sustained intergenerationally, tolerated, made possible by the apathy of those who should have cared. And we must recognize how such indifference delivered into our own times can have the greatest of consequences. On Holocaust Memorial Day, it is now 79 years since the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau, with our knowledge that the Nazis and the Allies who supported them ran over 44,000 camps, ghettos, and other sites of detention, persecution, forced labor, murder during the Holocaust. It is a time to remember the six million Jews murdered during the Holocaust, 
together with the millions more murdered under the deadly attrition of Nazi persecution. <laughs> On National Holocaust Memorial Day, it is appropriate too to recall the bravery, generosity of spirit of those who have spoken and written of this time, the tenacity and great will to survive of which they wrote, all of which are a central part of the Holocaust story which today we are sharing internationally with, with others. It is a privileged opportunity then for, that we all have to mark Holocaust Memorial Day. It is a day for everyone to recall a terrible darkness, but also for us to seek the security of life and to respond to the reality of a shared but diverse humanity that was rejected and defiled, a day to remember all those millions of people murdered in their name of being different because of some characteristic intrinsic to their being, something that was an essential part of their identity, be it their ethnicity, faith, or sexual orientation. Such a recall as we make has a relevance for our present circumstances. We live in a world that is going through a period of rising political authoritarianism, polarization and violence. It is an atmosphere that threatens a shared existence, democracy, and is one that promotes racism, division and exclusion. We must remember that the Holocaust, while an event of unique horror, had preceding preparatory circumstances based on a falsity of myth, ignorance, extreme versions of nationhood of peoples, while it developed incrementally and indeed with some disgraceful intellectual as well as political support in a society that gradually accepted laws which removed rights from particular minorities and in doing so, by giving not only tacit, but overt support to such changes. That is why only the fullest recuperation of all of the facts of the period before and after, the period that succeeded, will suffice. Together with the Jewish community, Roma and Sinti communities, homosexuals, political prisoners, the physically and intellectually disabled, and anyone else considered a threat to the racism, myth and policy of the regime by holding such characteristics of difference were also imprisoned, tortured and murdered. As we come together today to remember the victims of the Holocaust, it is important that we recognise the very significant trauma of recent events following the appalling atrocities which took place on the 7th of October, perpetuated by Hamas. The violence of that action, the killing, abuse and abduction of hostages from their families, of other young people attending a music festival, was a horrific and morally reprehensible act. But if we believe that life itself is what is paramount, that all lives matter, then we must acknowledge too that since the 7th of October, too many lives and particularly those of women and children have been lost that over half a million people are, as I speak, at the edge of famine. In order for 2024 
to see the beginning of the process of recovery from all those who have been so devastated by the events of recent months, including those who have lost their lives in Israel and Gaza. It is incumbent on all nations to redouble their efforts for an immediate ceasefire, the release of all hostages, and to commence the task of achieving such a lasting and meaningful peace as can provide security for Israel, while at the same time realizing the rights of the Palestinian people. When wars and conflicts become accepted or presented as seemingly unending, humanity is the loser. War is not the natural condition of humanity. Cooperation is, and we must recover and assert this principle at every level, nationally, regionally, and internationally, and in our families. We must take steps to challenge hatred and persecution in whatever forms they manifest themselves. And we can do this by promoting a world that is free from persecutions based on people's differences and diversity such as faith or ethnicity, thus making possible a world that is free, too, from war and conflict. Holocaust Memorial Day brings us together from many different backgrounds, an occasion that promotes the essential empathy that constitutes a shared humanity. It stresses the importance of learning from the past and the taking of the necessary actions for a more peaceful future. As anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, xenophobia, racism, homophobia and intolerance are once again on the rise in parts of Europe and many parts of the world, we must, as we remember the Holocaust collectively, ensure the lesson is imposed on the world that such cruelty and hate of the regarding of others as lesser, inferior in rights or participation, are heard and understood. The Holocaust was enabled by a regime of systematic murder that began by the manipulation of language and belief and the spreading of fear. We in our times must be alert to the identification and confrontation of hate speech in any of its many guises. We must work together to ensure that hatred and anti-migrant feeling, for example, are not allowed to deepen their shadow across Europe and the world. In the delivery of a moral content to our lives, we are all migrants in time. I believe that it is vital as new generations emerge and their world ostensibly becomes further removed in measured time from the horrific event that is the Holocaust, that they are made acutely aware of the consequences of complicit actions of silence, of the averted gaze, of those who by their culpable indifference allow the Holocaust to occur, all of those who participated in it, who facilitated it. We must ensure that every generation understands the horrors of the Holocaust and what it teaches us about the nadir of basic morality to which humanity can sink and could sink again. Such a move requires us to confront the horror of this period, but we must never forget the deeper challenge of asking how did it come to be? 
How did a process of dehumanization be so effective and with such little resistance? What indifference beyond any manipulation of ignorance and hatred allowed it to become the terminus of horror that we are commemorating today? Many around the world remember the Holocaust atrocities in different ways. In recent times, as part of the Crocus Project, Sabine and I planted yellow crocus bulbs in the grounds of Oris and Uktron. We were joined by a group of children to remember the 1.5 million Jewish children who suffered and perished in the Holocaust and the thousands of other children who were victims of Nazi atrocities. Let us continue to plant the alternative seeds that may yield a more peaceful coexistence on this our shared vulnerable planet. May we achieve such an empowering, inclusive, ethical remembrance as not only reminds us of the nadir to which the Holocaust and the preceding hatreds brought humanity, but one that in our times renders us alert to the rise of xenophobia and the rhetoric of hatred. Let our concept of ethical remembrance be one that allows recovery renewal of the recognition of our shared human vulnerabilities and possibilities, one that continues to uphold an obligation on us all to plant the seeds of an emancipatory future into the poisoned soil of a bitter past. Bergak Bernacht, Agas Guim Shirkan Dun Ilyak, Dom Tal Kree.